0: For anyone that doesn't know what an upper limit problem is, can you explain it?
1: Yes, it's your tendency to sabotage yourself when things are going well. You get a raise at work, hey, then you go home and have a fight that night and knock the good feeling out of your body. Or the other way around, you have a wonderful time over the weekend with your family or your partner, and then you come into work on Monday and get into a big blow up. There. So it's the inability to let yourself feel good for any length Mm -hmm. of time, the inability to let yourself have a good flow of connection in the relationship Mm -hmm. without blowing it up. So that's the upper limit problem.
0: Mm -hmm. I noticed too when the upper limit problem, I sort of saw it before I had the contextualization of thinking of it as an upper limit problem, as like a vibrational thing. I was like, oh, my vibration is raised and there's like a Incongruency between the vibrations. And so we're trying to figure out which vibration is going to win. And sometimes it was like the lower vibration. And so it would be a fight or something would happen.
1: That's a really good way to put it, I think. That yeah. it, it is a vibrational thing yeah. because long before language came along, yeah. human beings were communicating with each other yeah. vibrationally. And I read a lot of anthropology. I enjoy anthropology studies. And there's a tribe of people in the desert in South Africa, a, tri- a tribe of Bushmen that are so sensitive to the movement of game animals that they can feel the movement of buffalo, for example. They can feel the movement nine miles away. And they say they can feel it in the calves of their legs. They've gotten so sensitive to being on the ground that they can feel buffalo moving nine miles away and know where to Mm -hmm. go to hunt. They're hunter-gatherers. And, you know, if human beings can do that, imagine what we're able to be sensitive about. Mm-hmm. Human beings, I think, used to probably be more telepathic than we are now because it was required. You know, you had yes. to kind of be more so sensitive. True. Now mm-hmm. you can pick up the cell phone and say, hey, how you doing? Or text mm-hmm. back and forth or something. But it takes some practice to really be able to tune into another yeah. person. Mm-hmm. And your ability to do that is completely affected by your ability to do that yourself, your ability to do that in your own body. Mm
2: -hmm. And I think because of technological advances, Mm -hmm. 5G, whatever, there's so much that the sensitive body is picking up Mm -hmm. on that it's just easier to protect and maybe shut down parts of those sensitivities because there's so much Mm -hmm. stimuli. Do you agree with that?
1: I totally agree with that.
0: With the upper limit problem too, that's also kind of like a Jungian concept around like Carl Jung around self-sabotage. And I think a lot of people experience self-sabotage in their life where they think something good's about to happen and the upper limit problem happens. Do you feel like this is something that's generational or do you feel like it's cultural or how do you see this sort of playing out among generations and cultures?
1: That's a really good question. I think there's generational aspects and probably cultural aspects of it too. I just had a memory of somebody a good example. I had a, a working with a woman who, incredibly smart, incredibly articulate, but she just had a big fear of speaking in public. If you and I were sitting here too, you'd think she was genius level, mm-hmm. the way she would discuss things, but she just couldn't get up there in front of a microphone. So we worked out a deal where she went to co- Toastmasters, mm-hmm. which is, you know, how that works, where you get up and give a little speech every time. And It worked wonders for her. And so in about six months, Mm. she was ready to give her big speech. And she was going to give a speech to a new group, not just the Toastmasters group, but it was one of these groups like the Lions Club or something like that. The morning of the speech, she got a real sore throat and laryngitis and couldn't talk. Fortunately, she had a good coach standing by (laughs) who convinced her to regard that as an upper limit problem. And why would you be dialing up a sore throat of all days today? As soon as she got out of the drama of the sore throat and thinking it had to do with her throat, she realized, oh my God, somehow my unconscious just dialed that up. 30 minutes later, where was the laryngitis? You couldn't tell. It was gone. And so coming out from that Old place of fear. Every upper limit problem is run out of fear. And once you get down in there and say, okay, what am I really afraid of? Oh, I'm afraid of letting my full magnificence shine in the world. Because when I did that when I was a kid, it didn't work very well. I got slapped down for it. But that's one of the big fears is the fear of outshining other people. I'm afraid to really shine for fear that'll take the shine away from other people. That fear I mentioned earlier is so endemic. People have that fear that there's something fundamentally wrong with them. It gets into what I think a lot of people call imposter syndrome, where they they don't feel like they're the right person. They don't feel like they're who they are. I actually had a guy. We used to have a place over on the beach in Carpinteria before we moved over here to Ojai twenty one years ago, and one of my neighbors up the beach was a famous musician, and. We struck up a conversation over the years, and he called me one day. He was in the middle of an anxiety attack, and could he come over, and could I help him through it? It turned out that he was going to get his handprint in the Walk of Fame the next day in Hollywood. And why would that trigger an anxiety attack. Just think about it for a second. Mm. If you were going to get your hand prints tomorrow in the Hollywood walking Fame, and you had a big wave of anxiety that was making you say, I don't think I'm going to go down. They can do it without me, which was crazy, yeah. you know, because mm. of all the press and everything mm. like that, that gathers around. Plus the guy's celebrating. He's had hits in four or five different decades. Mm. So why not let yourself be celebrated? But you know what it was? Down at the bottom of that was that fear that I'm fundamentally flawed. Mm -hmm. I'm fundamentally wrong. I don't deserve Mm -hmm. this. And I want all your listeners and everybody in the world to know that whether you deserve something or not is totally irrelevant. Get that thought out of your head. Mm -hmm. Because by asking yourself constantly, do I deserve the good things in the world? Do I deserve love? Do I deserve wealth? That kind of thing you keep yourself trapped in that cycle of fear. And there's only one way out of it, and that's to ah, acknowledge Mm. it and then move beyond it. And that's a tricky thing to do. Sometimes it takes a long time to get to the place where you have that first big, ah, okay, I'm scared and I'm going to do it anyway.
2: Yes. Yeah, and it's those moments that I've felt in my own life have been just the most expansive moments where I can now hold a little bit more Mm -hmm. of the good of that good feeling. Cause there is a little bit of that programming I had to work with where not necessarily that I truly on a soul level believed that I couldn't feel good all the time, but I didn't see it growing up. I saw kind of the struggle, the sacrifice, they got to go through pain and the hardship in order to get to where you want to (laughs) go. So I never thought it was possible, but I knew that that wasn't like my deep truth. But I think over time, the ability to hold it was something that was so interesting for me. And I also had to work on a physical level to hold it.
1: Oh, it is a physical thing because your body is where you feel your feelings. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you mentioning that because it is a process of gradually accustoming yourself to more and more good feeling, yes. more and more days mm-hmm. going well, mm-hmm. more and more of that flow of connection mm-hmm. between you and your partner. That's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah, the
0: nervous system.
1: Yeah. You have to culture yeah. your nervous system to allow yeah. more positive energy in.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's really important for attunement and relationships and being attuned. And even you with the example of you on the stairs, you know, having the experience where you're criticizing Katie, but then having the feeling in your belly of fear. Yeah. Yeah being able to pull up out of the head and into the somatic part of the body is so important.
1: Yeah. I don't think you can really get there unless you find a way of working with your body Mm -hmm. through meditation or through breath work or whatever your path is, it needs to involve things that make you more sensitive to what's going on inside yourself. Mm -hmm. The answers are all there. There's no mystery. Mm -hmm. It's just that you need to take a moment to tune in and say, okay, what am I honestly afraid of? And Mm -hmm. the answers are not hard to get.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip,